Hi, Daniel here. This week's episode of The Ripple is sponsored by Deps, a private Maven repository service that I run. I created Deps because I wanted to use a Maven repository to host my company's private artifacts, but I didn't want to have to run a server. There's all the hassle of setting it up, keeping it patched, monitoring it, backing everything up. It was just too much work. Deps provides a cloud-hosted Maven repository, so you can get back to focusing on what really matters. If you enjoy this podcast, consider supporting me by signing up for a trial at deps.co. Hello, welcome to The Ripple, a podcast diving into closure programs and libraries. This week, I'm talking about closure and business with Jonathan Boston, the author of the Closure Script Made Easy blog. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thanks, glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. So the first uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about was a blog post you did recently about the best and worst code you wrote in 2018. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about you know, what was the best and worst code you wrote last year? Yeah, so I'm working for a company that does um, insulated bottleware and doing some consulting for them. And their company is just growing really rapidly. And so uh, they brought me and my partner in to help them to find some processes and, and build some internal tools for them to use. And so one part of their company is just growing really, really fast. Um, and it's only one person. And so the CEO decided to see how fast they could grow this part of the business and, and just throw a bunch of marketing dollars at it. So um, so my job was just to support him and basically build tools as fast as I could to, to help him manage all the incoming business. <laughs> and so as we had finished up a meeting, going over some features I had just completed, he mentioned a, a problem he was having and kind of mentioned it offhand and said it was annoying, but not a big deal. Don't spend a lot of time. And so, so I, t- I tend to try to listen when people talk about what's annoying because um, generally that turns out to be a bigger deal than they, than they really maybe even realize. So, um, so I said, okay, you know, what can I spend a few minutes on thinking about this? And so without getting too detailed of the problem, there were some results that, that they were you know, generating that he needed from page to page. And, and so that the app that he's, he's working within is kind of old school, you know, single server requests, no Ajax or anything like that, just, you know, full, full page reload. So, um, so working, you know, in the client side, as I've you know, been focused on the past few years, my immediate thought to how to fix it was, okay, how do I make something last across page reloads? And then I went, okay, if I could stick it in the session, all right, so how do I get closure, like a closure vector into the JavaScript session, you know? And so, um, so, you know, it just went like that, just like real quick, no design, no anything like that, but, you know, didn't take very long to type it out and see that it worked. <laughs> but as I looked at it, you know, I knew it was terrible for, you know, all the reasons I, I mentioned in the, in the blog post, but when I was thinking about my partner seeing it and everything, but I said, you know what, this works. Let me just see what they think. And so I, I pushed it out and told the client to look at it. He's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I need, you know. And so it just really struck me how how I thought about it, how how I went through how bad it was and how terrible it was and all these things. And when I showed it to the client, he was super excited and he didn't ask about any of those things. He didn't care about any of those things. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was, you know, it's taking this closure vector and you know, doing string interpolation to get it into the JavaScript session and it worked great <laughs> and it's still working great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, a lot of other people uh, really enjoyed that um, that post too. I saw it, uh, a couple of people uh, saying they, you know, they appreciated it. And it's definitely a good reminder to kind of keep recentering the purpose of our work. You know, programming in and of itself, creating beautiful code is not, usually the end goal for most of us. Yeah. And, you know, I, I put some specific things in there um, just to kind of, not as traps, but just not to, 
enunciate every single part of it, right? But I said, you know, hey, this was part of a, a company test, right? They were really testing something out. And so if you understand that context, you're not building for five years, right? You're building to give them the information they need. And so so certain people, you know, said, you know, oh, this is fine as long as you refactor it, right? And blah, blah. And it's like, no, that the exact point is that refactoring was not necessary to what they needed. And so any time I spent refactoring was all about what I cared about. And that was me, right? And so as developers, yeah, we need to, like you said, recenter. Who are we serving? What is the point of this code? Because no one really pays for beautiful code. They pay for their problem to be solved and they pay for, you know, assurance that in a year you can add to it and you don't constantly have to rewrite everything, right? So that's why they care about refactoring. But in and of itself, no one cares about code except developers. <laughs> yeah, that's... uh it's very, very apt. And so that's, I think, a bit of a theme that I've come across on your blog that, you know, there's some technical stuff about ClojureScript and JavaScript and that sort of, you know, purely technical level. But there's also a bit there about sort of connecting our work to the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about sort of how you think about that? Why do you write about it? What's the thoughts there? Yeah, so um, when I first started writing ClojureScript, Several years ago now, um, it was, you know, like water to a man in a desert, right? Like I just struggled with JavaScript so much and never felt like I got a good grasp of how to do things, right? I got stuff to work and I wrote, you know, plenty of complicated systems and code, but it just never felt like I was doing it right. So when I found ClojureScript, it was great and wanting to give back to the community and just wanting to kind of have some outlet. Um, I started writing about ClojureScript and that was a couple of years ago. But the company I worked for, the last one, we wrote the best system I've ever worked on. It was um, it was all closure and closure script. Um, it was really impressive. And I can say that because a lot of it wasn't me. But it was just very impressive, technically, what we were doing. And then there was another company that, you know, I had some inside knowledge about kind of in the, in the same city I was in. And they sold for, you know, some crazy amount of money. and we were struggling mm-hmm. and I had firsthand knowledge about their code base compared to ours. And objectively speaking, ours was, you know, mostly better, right. You know, like anything we had, you know, our cruft and, and bad design or bad architecture you know, sections, but it was, it was very good. And it's like, okay, well, how is this company over here getting sold for all this money and doing so well and we're struggling. And so it just really got me thinking like what really matters if I'm going to write about closure script and tell people to use closure script and they're still not going to be any more successful, then what am I really doing, right? Am I really doing anything that's helpful to anyone? And then personally, I wanted to know that, right? Am I, am I wasting my time, right? It's like my wife has said, you know, you loved PHP when you first started, and then you loved Rails, and now you love Clojure, right? Like, how do you know Clojure is the best? And it's like, well, partly I don't, but I want to have that introspection of, am I really doing something that's worthwhile, or have I just, like, picked my side and I'm going to stick with it. So a lot of the writing I've done here recently has kind of been born out of that of, Hey, you know, closure is great. Like I never want to give up closure script ever. And so I think there are benefits, but you can write a whole lot of beautiful closure script that really doesn't solve anybody's problems. So I have, you know, natural interest in business. Um, and so I like reading business books. And so I'm, I'm happy to, to, you know, maybe spend a bunch of time doing research and try to, kind of parse out the good parts and how to connect that to development. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really about helping people, making sure that when people give us money, that's what part of what makes us professional, right? Is that someone gives us money to do something. 
right? And as a professional, we should be giving them what they've paid for and not using that as an excuse to play, right? It's like, oh, I think this thing will be cool. Well, that's a hobby. That's not a profession, right? And so how do we get to be more professional to where we're solving people's problems, the things that they're paying for? Yeah, that seems very apt. I've had, uh, when you describe that anecdote, it sounds almost the same as as one I've heard from, uh, I was at a company at a meetup and this company did sort of, you know, high performing teams. They had sort of microservices and uh, functional programming. It wasn't closure, it was another FP language. And they were sort of very cutting edge, you know, writing blog mm-hmm. posts. Everyone was doing all of the all of the hotness. Um, and yet the CTO was telling me about um, his friend who uh, was in a company that was doing PHP. And he said, you know, I know their code is just piles and piles of garbage and they are... Uh, yeah, people they're spending all of this time. You know, it's constantly going down, or they're hot fixing in production, and all of the things which we think are you know bad engineering. But this company was worth you know millions, maybe maybe it was valued at hundreds of millions. It was doing incredibly well, and it, it, that's really stuck with me. This sort of it was almost like this sort of searching question, like what are we doing with this functional programming stuff if like everybody else around us is putting out, you know, what we would consider garbage and yet they, mm-hmm. they're they making all the money and we're just quite happy um, solving our little puzzles uh, in our head with the FP. Uh, I don't know. Right. I still haven't quite figured out kind of where that all lies. I guess you kind of touched on a little bit with sort of making changes to the business later on, but I mean, you can also change PHP code too. So, yeah, well, and, you know, I think a lot of what, you know, I have kind of working hypothesis about the initial start of a language and how that, you know, that stays around. So if you look at like Rich Mm. Hickey designing Clojure, right, he designed it to solve actual business problems, right? It's like, all right, I'm I'm actually solving people's problems. How do I do that? And so I I think that that type of thinking fits well um, with Clojure going, okay, yeah, this is cool. You know, oh, I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm using a lisp, right? Like I feel, I feel some kind of pride, you know, or elitism when I go to a meetup and people ask and I'm like, oh yeah, right. Closure, you know, full time, right. All those things, but does it make us more natural or, or is it kind of part of our DNA, so to speak, that we look outside of just the code, right? So what is the point of this? Um, I think is a good question. And so I think number one, business is hard, Right. Like it's easy to build the wrong thing and it's easy to get funding to build the wrong thing. And so, um, so I, I, I just think a better focus on the real problems we're solving. And I think that that's a good part of the closure community is we really try to solve problems. And that's maybe, maybe my biggest critique of, of JavaScript is, is not necessarily the language. Like I said, I don't, I don't particularly love the language, but I think the community spends a lot of time working on things that aren't really problems. All right. And, and I think that that is maybe the source of a lot of a lot of our issue is, um, hey, we're solving things that aren't really problems. I like that. So you're a consultant. You get to do closure uh, at different places. Are there any other sort of interesting places you've you've managed to get closure into that you can talk about? Yeah, I worked I worked at uh, Vanderbilt. That's actually where I, <laughs> I first started with closure. So uh, Vanderbilt University in the, in the medical um, and genetics research. Hmm. And um, so I worked, so I was, I was effectively a, um, 
a consultant within Vanderbilt. Um, technically, I was a Vanderbilt employee, but um, I worked for different professors. And so a professor would get a grant, you know, and they, they have nine months, right, of funding. So they need a developer for nine months, right? So, so I worked within that. And so when I started, we were doing a lot of collaboration work. And so we're using Rails. And so that decision was made before I got there. But so we we're building, you know, collaboration software between different universities. Um, and we ran into the problem of what do you do when funding's gone and you get like, you know, a SEV1 security issue, right? <laughs> it's like, well, you don't have any funding to go spend time to, to fix these critical bugs. Um, and then we got to a point where we're releasing software and Rails is, you know, the version of Rails we're using is no longer even supported. Right. And so, so Rails didn't fit the context we're in. Right. It just, it didn't fit as fast as Rails moved. It didn't fit for what we were trying to do. And so we had the opportunity to kind of sit back and, and decide what we, you know, what we thought would be a better fit. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a little bit guilty in that, you know, we felt we, we picked closure, not necessarily because it was a, the best choice for the, the context of the customer. It did fit because we were starting a pretty data heavy project. So using closure worked well for that, but I'll say probably more of it was that I wanted to learn a lisp, you know, and really see what it could do. So it worked out well, but yeah, so Vanderbilt's huge, you know, 20 something thousand employees or something, but wow. somewhere in the genetics department, there's closure code running, probably unbeknownst <laughs> to anybody else. So yeah, that's something I really appreciate. And, I, and I've picked that up a lot. It's probably one of the, the running themes. It hasn't been a intentional theme on this podcast but uh people appreciating sort of the longevity of closure and how they can write some code and upgrade it over time without needing to do a bunch of work to you know to upgrade it i imagine that for most people if you're not doing anything too unusual you know you can just up bump the closure version in a way that you wouldn't even dream of right in rails yeah you know, I was I did a, a talk for a local meetup the other uh, the day, and I, I showed off some of David Nolan's uh, core async code. Yep, and it was from 2013, and it just runs right. And <laughs> yeah, and you're like, that's that's impossible to even think of, right? In in something like JavaScript, right? And so and so, I think that's kind of what I've tried to do in some ways is highlight some of the benefits of ClojureScript. Right. Just like the stability and JavaScript fatigue and those things. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how do you how do you show the value of closure script? Right. How do you show the value of closure? And I think it's lots of little things. Right. Like that once you have them, it's not so little, but um, the stability of, yeah, bump a version number and just move on with your day. Right. That That's incredibly valuable when you think about what people are paying you to do. Right. Because no one cares about the version of code you're running, right? And so if you're going to spend, I mean, I don't know, it's been, I don't know if I've worked on Rails 2 or 3, and what are they on, 5 or something now? But yeah, moving from Rails 3 to Rails 4, right? No one wants to pay you for that. And yet it's incredibly expensive because it's hard, right? And again, I'm not, you know, Rails is awesome, has tons of great benefits, but, but that's a cost. And I don't feel like we feel that cost enough, right? I don't feel like we really sit and feel the pain of that in regards to the business. So you've been using ClojureScript for quite a few years now. So kind of what are your thoughts on the ClojureScript community more widely? There's been a lot of conversation about, you know, how do you make Clojure and ClojureScript more widely used? 
And, you know, one of the things I think we, we can take from Elm, you know, Elm talks about error messages and those, you know, look really good. I don't know much about Elm, but, but I think the lesson is not better error messages. And I think the lesson is find out what people are struggling with. So that was kind of why I wrote that closure script is not coffee script is because you see that if people are talking about coffee script and that it's dead and now you have all these, you know, I've seen you know, someone said it's a hipster language, right? The hipsters have moved on and now we're all stuck with all this coffee script, right? And so, <laughs> so the question is like, what is the real pain there? And the pain is that we spend so much time learning something and there's always this voice in our head about, is this going to disappear on us, right? Am I going to waste all this time? Right. And it's just like, I just get tired of learning the same thing over and over again. Just, you know, whatever the developer felt this day, you know, he or she wrote it this way. And now the next day it's different. And I'm just spinning my wheels, you know, running the hamster wheel, doing the same thing. Right. And so I think that's a real fear and a legitimate fear. Right. You have Angular, which goes Angular 2. And you have, you know, React, you have Vue and you have Elm and you have, you know, ClojureScript. And, and how do you make sense of all this? And I think that's a real pain. And ClojureScript has an amazing story for that of, we're not going anywhere, right? You don't have to be afraid of this. And so I think closer community, we can do a better job of understanding people's needs and then how do you actually express those? And, you know, and closer script is, is just really amazing. The simplicity you get in, in writing code and working through a problem. You know, I just don't use stack overflow very often, right? I think that's one thing is like people are like, well, if I use this, I won't be able to get help, right? There's so many more JavaScript questions answered on Stack Overflow than ClojureScript. And we need to be able to express that. Number one, if you see an answer for ClojureScript from three years ago, it's probably still valid, right? If it's not framework-based, it's mostly still valid. And you know, I just don't use Google a lot when I'm programming, right? Which I think is kind of crazy because most people, they're always looking up stuff, right? They're always, oh, how do I do this? What was the developer thinking here? And Clojure, I'm just really thinking about my, my problem. Right. I'm really working in my domain and there's, you know, I learn map, I learn reduce, I learn flatten, you know, I learn, I learn the language for talking about data and I'm not, just not spending a lot of time on stuff. Right. And so we need, we need to be able to tell that story better. And then I also think there's some acceptance that some people don't care about that story. Right. I make fun of one of my old coworkers because he was talking to a developer who was writing web apps and he said, you know, this developer said, I don't need to know SQL. Right. I don't really need to know how the database works. And so my, my coworker is getting so frustrated with this guy. And I said, look, that guy's just doing different stuff than us, right? If you can say, I don't need to know how the database works, we're not doing the same thing, right? I'm not saying what he's doing isn't valuable. It's not necessary, but it's just not the same thing. And so we have to accept that closure and closure script, they're not for everyone, right? And it's okay because a lot of people aren't going to value that simplicity and they're not going to see it and they're not going to put in the effort to learn it. And they, they do valuable work too. And we, there's things that we can learn from them. But I don't think the goal is to make ClojureScript the next Rails. I think Clojure and ClojureScript are effectively Rails for data, right? Rails was amazing. You know, how do you, you know, create a blog in five minutes, you know, do the CRUD app, right? Rails is great for that. And I just don't know what beats Clojure with data. And like, you know, Hickey says in several talks, like that's information, right? Information systems, that's what we build. So, yeah, I, th I think as a community, we can tell the story better as we spend time thinking about what people need. And how do we get code script more places? I think connecting it to the business is better, right? Of how much time have you spent upgrading stuff, right? How stable is the system you have versus if you use this, how much harder is it to hire? Well, whenever I've done hiring for closure, I mean, we have people out of the woodworks. It's just not hard, <laughs> right? 
you can write bad code in any language, closure included, and not every closure developer is great, right? But in my experience, it's been people that really care about programming and have put in a bunch of effort to learn it because they thought it was useful, not necessarily because they thought they're going to get a job. And, you know, I want people like that, right? I want people who enjoy what they do and try to do it well. And so um, I just, I think there's good stories to tell and an acceptance that stories aren't going to be for everyone. So that's kind of been my thought on the, on script as a whole is really the focus on the business side. Cause you know, I've accepted, <laughs> I'm never going to be as good a developer as like David Nolan. <laughs> Mike Fikes is doing, you know, some amazing stuff that, you know, Mike left me years ago <laughs> in, uh, in closure script. Right. And so I think there's a lot of value in connecting closure script to the business world and to the business value. And so that, that's what I'm focused on in closure script here of late. Great. That was, that was a, that was a long windy path to get there. No, I, I think that's good. And I, I think the part of that that's really resonated with me was the idea that not everybody's going to like this story or appreciate it or understand it. And we probably need to just be okay with that. You know, like the end goal for closure script is not to replace JavaScript. That's just right. never going to happen. There's lots of reasons for it, right? It's, you know, people learn JavaScript in school, right? People can get started. Like the story, the story for getting started programming with JavaScript is just never going to be beat, right? You open up a browser, you hit the console and you type hello world and you have a running program, right? Like the best script could ever do is to try to match that, right? We're, we're going to be chasing. And so I don't think trying to optimize for that is the right decision, right? We certainly want to make it as easy as possible. But we're not trying to compete on that level of, hey, I want something that I can throw together in a day. That's just not the systems I build, right? The first day of a project is like some of the most insignificant time when it comes to the code, right? Now, design and planning and all that, yeah. But the first day of writing code, that's just not the most important part, right? Because I'm going to be working on a system for years. There's people who love JavaScript and get stuff done, and I think that's great. But I think there's a lot script can offer. So Great. So are there any particular things in ClojureScript that you've really enjoyed using? Libraries, frameworks, anything like that? I used Ohm and Ohm Next, and I feel like those really helped me understand more about the UI, more about separating things, more about the real problems of the UI. Using uh, Spec for, you know, like data generation, I think is really cool for documentation and that concept of leverage, right, of you write this thing here, and it gives you basically power in all these different places, and you get value in multiple on multiple facets, right? And uh, reframe the documentation on that is great. I think that's a, a really good example of of how to introduce something and how to really support it. I haven't used that in production, but I love that. Um, Figwell, of course. I mean, I don't know how we've talked about closure script so long and haven't gotten a fig wheel. Uh, I mean, that's, that's almost, you know, that's just like part of close script at this point. So yeah. And you know, I've just really loved the people. I felt like, uh, so I work with two guys. Tim Pote is very active and uh, Caleb Phillips is less so active, but pretty much most of what I say has come out of conversations with them and the community, both those two guys. And then the community as a whole has really taught me a lot about development I feel like I've grown more as a developer kind of in the, the first few years of writing closure than, than any other time. And so I think the community is great. People are great. I've, you know, I think we really have a, a nice community, which is important, a community that wants to help and likes to see other people succeed. 
And so, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to be a part of it. I'm pleased that I get to have my name involved with it. And yeah, I just feel blessed and fortunate to have found closure and to be involved with it is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. And I think like closure's nice community, something that's just kind of so in the water for me now mm-hmm. that it doesn't, I don't even kind of think about it until like the other day I was posting a question on uh, not Stack Overflow, but another mm-hmm. Stack Exchange site. And I was, as I was writing it down, I was, there was like part of my brain, which was like, I'm almost certain I'm just going to get like, I tried my hardest to write it, you know, really clearly and sort of explain my problem and do as best as I could with the question. But I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to get blasted for this no matter what I do. And I don't feel like, I mean, and I hope others don't feel this way in the closure community that when they ask questions that they can be, you know, listened and heard respectfully and they can uh, just kind of learn and grow in this really it's a pretty small community, really, um, but a very vibrant one. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, that the JavaScript survey came out and it said um, the when it comes to experience, like the most experienced developers on average choose ClojureScript at all the, you know, options in the JavaScript world. And and I think I think some of the nicety comes out of that in that it's like, you know, I'm married. You know, I have a four-year-old daughter who doesn't care about closure at all. She doesn't care about how smart I am. She doesn't care about, you know, my wife and daughter, they don't care about any of that stuff, right? And so when I sit down to write code, that's one thing we've said, you know, I was talking about Caleb earlier. He says, I want to be able to leave code alone and not think about it, right? I want to go out on a date with my wife and not be thinking about it. There's just a server going down, right? And so I want to design things well, right? And so I want a tool that helps me do that. And I think, I suspect that a lot of closure and again, comes from our DNA of Rich Hickey wanting to actually get things done and solve problems is I want to solve problems and then I want to go live the rest of my life. And programming isn't my life. Like I love programming. I always said, if if I had all the money in the world, I never had to do anything. I would still write code, (laughs) but it's not my life. And therefore I don't put my identity in it. And, and when we're trying to solve problems, like, you know, it's hard, you know, the, the, the person writing a stack overflow question, you know, that they're struggling with something, right? Stuff is hard. And so I just feel like a lot of maturity comes out of that of trying to get stuff done, being professional, and then just leaving it at the door. Um, and so I feel like that's been great with closure. I feel like I work with with mature professionals who are trying to get stuff done in the best way. And there's a lot of grace for everyone because you know it's hard. Great. Yeah, I really like that. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking about your blog and your thoughts on business and the community i enjoy your blog and i saw that you're kind of pausing or taking a little bit of a break from that but uh you know look forward to reading your posts when they resume at some point yeah it's been a pleasure being on yeah i I had a few thoughts that i wanted to get out and so i was like all right you know let me start off the new year just kind of blasting out thoughts and you know i respect you for doing a podcast for you know your newsletter because it's you know it's a lot of work so you know I think we can be generous and uh, encouraging to people who do that because I've only done it for you know a little bit. So I'll definitely do it more in the future. But coming out of the break, I had some free time, so I did that. But now, kind of you know, work and business is picking back up, so I have less time to do that. But yeah, it's fun to do and fun conversations like this. Um, so yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Great. All right. Well, catch you later. All right.